With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by Corey, the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. p.m. thanks to daylight saving times it does not feel this late but that's probably a good thing because we're recording due late due to my fucking procrastination with school once again so wait when when did cory when did uh when did daylight savings swap over what time does that start swapped last night or this morning uh like are you sure it hit 2 a.m and it went straight to three yeah, it really, it really fucked me up because I was. So, does that mean we get more light, or do we get more dark? We get more light. Fuck. More light. This is gonna fuck my sleep schedule up for like the next month. You didn't even notice it happened. No, but I did <laughs> sleep late today, and that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Bastard. Well, I was out. Uh. Summer Haze Bar across from Algonquin. Algonquin. And I, I, it fucked me up because I didn't know about it. So I stayed there till like, I was there for last call. And it closes at last two. Last call. <laughs> what? We don't have that here. <laughs> you don't have that? No. Some bars do a last call, but most of New Orleans stays 24-7. That must be nice. Yeah, they close at 2 a.m. So it hit two and I was like, oh yeah, I'll go to bed at like two 30, you know, have myself a night, go to bed, get up early, do some homework. And then fucking all of a sudden it's 3 AM and I'm drunk. So I'm like, what the fuck? Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun time. But anyway, Habs played some hockey tonight. Didn't really get to watch it, but Corey, I think you, you tuned in, didn't you? Uh, you think I got a shot to watch that? I, I did watch, uh, highlights and it was a phenomenal game from what it sounded like uh no because once again you know why why would i ever 
have the privilege to to view a game without having to pirate it. You got to start pirating it. Yeah, I need to put my little pirate hat back on and get on the fucking the choppy seas of the, you know, uh, incognito internet. Oh, I'm sending you. I'm sending you a link right now. Yeah, I need. I need some. I, my old. My old links are gone. I don't remember them. <sighs> I miss and, the good um, old days of. Do you remember Volo Kit? Volo Kit was fire, dog. Do Volo you Kit remember Reddit streams? NHL streams it was perfect. Oh yeah, you'd well, click if, that shit. It, it'd bring you to Volo Kit. Um, well, Corey, sports that. streams. You're gonna, you're gonna love this link I just sent you. That perfection. You might be back in action. I should be. I, I'm, I'm so upset with myself. My cousin's like, yeah, stay up and I'll watch the late games for the Sharks. And I'm like, how? What, what, what's your secret? No one's sharing the links anymore, brother. No, you used to be able to go on Twitter and hit up the vast community and say, hey, anyone got a link and you get one. But now you know what, just dude? get taken down. This will be way before your time, but I remember Strike Gently, and you could watch sports on that motherfucker. You could watch uh, movies on that motherfucker. They had fire ass albums on that motherfucker. Um, but the problem is, you couldn't you couldn't go on that site at work or at school because it was fucking porn all over it as well. Oh, yeah. So it was just like the Wild Rest Reddit just uh well i think that's that's how you know you have a good website is when it's just covered in porn ads <laughs> what's so like, yeah, this this like do is just like i want y'all to see this yeah the amount of like i i think at this point the amount of times my girlfriend has found me streaming an nhl game off some shady site and there's some mm. girl with like fucking massive tits just out pop of batting on me like <laughs> it's just been accepted at this point the struggle to watch it, it, it's unfortunate that this is the circumstances we got to go to to even attempt to watch a a national fucking you know leagues game um what did you send the link on i need to save it i sent it through uh the zoom chat oh okay fire because i'm like I'm, i don't see anything all right save yeah so man what's going on with you uh not too much i you know did some chemistry today that was super fucking fun let me tell you if you're if you're a university or college student and you have trouble with math or chemistry and you're you're still doing online school invest in yourself and get a fucking check account because oh my god that is the greatest thing ever. Have you ever heard of Chegg, Corey? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I've heard of the word Chegg, but I don't know what it means. Maybe I'm getting old. So Chegg is like, it's this online study thing that you pay a subscription for. Okay. And it can be used. I use it as an explanation tool. Like, so due to online school, like, it's really hard to get an explanation as to why something's wrong. Like if you're doing something in math or chemistry, for example, where it's practice and repetition, it's not just memorization. Right. 
Well, I get one lecture a week from my from my prof, and I don't get to ask them questions. So if they don't explain it in a way I understand, it's difficult, right? Mm-hmm. With Chegg, now it does cost me money, but I can use it to search up. It's like, say I have a question, I can search it up, and I can see every other question ever posted by anyone else. And hmm. they, if you can, so other people will post a question and they have, uh, they do this screening process. So all their experts, they have to take like tests. Like you can't just be like, oh, I know what I'm doing. So every answer is legit. Like these are professionals in their field or they were pre- previous graduate students who have a really, really good understanding of the subject. So I can see any other question that anyone else has posted. So I can type in, okay, how do you use the quadratic formula to do this, this, this? Someone else could have posted a question that's similar and I can view that. Or I can post my own question and, and you know, maybe 30 minutes, maybe less. Someone will answer that question for me. I can ask them follow-up questions and then I can accept their answer. So it's actually really helpful because for me tonight, for example, it's, I, I had no idea how to do this. Like, uh, there's like, the, you have to do all these equations in chem. So I have practice tests. So I put one of the practice questions in, put it on check. And instead of like, he, he gave me the answer, but he also explained how to do it. And then after that golden, and I was able to go, it's like the biggest lifesaver ever, but you know, some people, I think I, some people use it to just fucking post their whole fucking exam and get people to answer it, which I think is kind of bullshit, but it's certainly helped me out a lot this year. Hell yeah, bud. Um, they had something like that back in the day, um, but I never understood it, so I never looked into it. <laughs> it's It's crazy what you can do with your phone now. Like... Online school, I think, has made, has really ruined, I think, learning for a lot of people. Like, I discovered this year that there's an app called PhotoMath. Have you heard of that? No. I'm sure it's like taking a picture of an equation and someone helping you. No, you take a picture of this equation and you get an answer instantly the computer, the calculator inside the app solves it for you. And it does, it's not just like, Hmm. I could be a teacher right now, dude. It's like, and it gives you step-by-step on how to, how to do it, like how it got there. So it could be something simple, like 40, the square root of 46 divided by three times two to the exponent of five, which is a fairly simple calculation that you could do pretty easily. Or it could be like, Mm -hmm. or it could be like the quadratic formula and you just take a picture of it, which is the quadratic formula is like a six step process and it will just solve it for you. Hmm. It's insane what you can do with your phone nowadays. Wow. If only they'd let you take like your final um, uh, at home. I guess you could now due to COVID. Maybe this is my time. Before COVID <laughs> finishes, maybe I should finish my statistics class uh, and see if any of my 94 credits are worth a fuck and uh, 
go be a teacher of the arts. Well, see, now why would see that? Does why would a teacher of the arts need a credit in statistics? I'm a proud to be an American. I don't know, <laughs> fucking, because we're ass backwards down here. Yeah, but no, I think it's nutty what you can do with a just like any technology nowadays. Like, yeah, I'd no. imagine, I'd imagine like quite a few people in my program and like future doctors are gonna be so fucking stupid. Like, now's the time to start going to the gym because in ten years. All these doctors who have cheated their way through fucking medical school. <laughs> oh, boy. Do you uh, imagine? Uh, I don't blame them. <laughs> but it does make me a little scared. <laughs> That's fucking terrifying now that I think about it. Grey's Anatomy, but it's all just a bunch of fucking COVID, COVID students that haven't learned anything. Yeah, right. They're just, they're just asking each other the same questions. They're formulating it all together. They're like, um, how come how come photo math's not working? Jesus Chegg, Christ, Chegg, yeah. They have Chegg. Uh, <laughs> did they have Chegg PhD? You know? <laughs> uh, the cur- guys cur- the- currently working on this guy's uh, esophageal tube. Um, any Anyone got any fucking hot notes on... Uh, and what I'm looking at, there's a guy suffocating because his trachea is inflamed, and they're just like, "Hold on, no one's answered on check yet." Hold on, need a response. It could be as simple as giving this man an inhaler, but I got a double we check. Could, check. We could have to not operate. What? <laughs> hold on, check the hot notes. Oh boy, Jesus. Uh, anyway, uh, a little bit of half talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back to hockey. We get off on these tangents. Um, Jesus Christ. A tangent. Yeah, that's something in math I don't know fuck all about. Um, but Habs have played two games since the last time um, I put my foot in my mouth. Uh, we played Seattle and Philly. Philly was played last night. Uh, but walk away two OT games uh, with three points. So uh, I think we did pretty solid. I was expecting us to win against Seattle, but Seattle just seems to beat uh us and like maybe two other teams but uh both pretty excellent games uh more or less i'd probably like to talk a little bit more on the philly game just because it's it's a lot fresher uh and it's a win and it was a huge win as our fucking youthful core gets it done for the habs excuse me i'm gonna mute myself because i'm gonna sneeze uh sporadically (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah no the youthful core really came and clutched uh two of our rookies especially tonight oh, rem pitlick and cole caulfield now eighth and ninth respectively in rookie scoring caulfield in particular setting an nhl record actually is the only person the only rookie <laughs> to score ot winners in two two different seasons because he retained his rookie status from last season so that's pretty cool. And we were talking beforehand about, well, you were, Corey, you pointed out that it was a, uh, a Gretzky-esque kind of finish there. Yeah, and then, uh, and then we got on the subject of how Gretzky can't, wouldn't, he wouldn't, uh, the puck wouldn't lift. It would just kind of glide. Um, yeah, Gretzky, Gretzky couldn't raise the puck. Yeah, but no, still... this, this thing looks like an old 
fucking Sherwood wooden stick um, type of slap shot you'd see from like those old black and white highlights. Um, phenomenal move. And then Mason even had me go back and look at it that he winds up like it's a slap shot, but there's just a bit of a stutter where you can see he's not just putting it on that. He's like teeing up, eyeing up his target and just gracefully almost blows the water bottle into the fucking, into the stadium seats. Um, I remember someone on, on Twitter uh, was like, uh, now we watch as Cole Caulfield's going to get this OT winner for us, close it out. And sure enough, he fucking does. Um, you had mentioned Petlick, uh, Pitlick and Cole Caulfield, but Nick Suzuki, two goals last night. Fucking phenomenal. Uh, and on that, an absolute that, fucking tear lately, too. Yeah, uh, but that I think it was the first one. Um, puts it on neck, get his gets his rebound as uh, what's his name? The guy you you can't stand, and I was completely wrong about. Um, Mike Hoffman, Hoffman kind of screens the goalie, and he just kind of whips around. Don't this... don't give Gallagher's work to Mike fucking Hoffman. I thought Mike Hoffman was the ones that that he he shuttles around. Uh, like as I, I give that to Galley. Galley was in the crease. Okay. Um, by mistake. mistake. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, though, because at 24 years of age, Rem Pitlick was the oldest Montreal Canadian to score a goal last night. <laughs> and if that, if that doesn't give you confidence that this team is heading in the right direction, I don't know what will. Well, they say the kids are the future, and uh, these kids have been fucking red hot. Well, let's just talk about Rem Pitlick's goal. Hey, like 45 seconds left in the game off of the shorthanded uh, situation, right? Or was it? Uh, it was no, shorthanded. It, yeah. Uh, fucking. Isn't this like the second game where the, the opposing team has like doubled down on everyone but Rem Pitlick and Rem Pitlick? Pitlick is like right in front of the fucking net waiting. Pitlick is a gamer, man. He did it with Cole Caulfield, sent him that rocket of a fucking uh pass. Well, in if, all if fairness, I'm not mistaken. Too, yeah, it was it was Pitlick who gave him that pass, but in all fairness, too, it was a phenomenal pass from Ben Sherratt mm-hmm. that got to Pitlick. No one had him in front of the net. Horrible defending by Philly on a five on four to leave a guy that open, open mm-hmm. it all in front of in the slot. That, yeah like no but it was a great play pitlick has 16 points in 20 24 24 games as montreal canadian so he's been phenomenal um look we've talked a lot about paul byron being the greatest waiver pickup ever at least by the montreal canadians uh i think it's going to run pitlick pitlick's on his way there (laughs) and he's young and I think he suits the modern game and this this team's style of play very well. He's quick. Not only is he fast with his feet, but he thinks fast too, and he's tenacious. And that is a great fucking uh, trio of attributes to have that work very well together. Um, no, I've been very happy with the play of Ram Pitlick and with the play of all the young Habs too. Corey Shoneman. Mm-hmm. Came back, uh, looked solid. Not his, not his best game, but you know, I thought he looked good out there. 
Joel Edmondson didn't play. Uh, that was um, kind of expected, though. They said they planned it that way. They don't want to rush him back into it. It was a back-to-back. But we should expect to see him back in the lineup. And uh, I want to just ask you how you felt about his play, his uh, first game back in Seattle. Um, I liked it. I didn't expect it to be like uh... – like amazing like I, I didn't I didn't think he was gonna come out and be like a really significantly noticeable player I feel like it was more of just like the training wheels of of a first game back it's not like what we what we saw last season when you know he wasn't injured he was coming out he was uh with a new system but definitely was trying to prove his role with alongside Jeff Petrie I felt like coming back from an injury uh, and, and just not playing. F- f- I mean, he's coming back for what? I think like 10 more games, something like that, you know, Who is? Uh, Edmonton. Uh, 10 more games left in the season. There's, I think there's like 22. Jeez. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, 22, 23. Uh, fuck me. Uh, but yeah, so he, you know, he's coming back, but like he missed so much time. There's been so much going on with him that I felt like his game was to what I I would have expected. He didn't come out like super explosive, but I didn't. How uh, do I didn't I didn't expect a lot from him. I, I was excited for his return, but I mean, missing this much time, I wouldn't want him to come out just full throttle and then re-injure himself. Like I want him to be a a long, a long member of this team. Granted, you know, like our our big two defensemen probably won't be a part of this team much longer. So um, I, I like that it, it felt a little gradual, a little um, not as um, fast forward. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, no, I get what you're saying. Like he's – not been rushed into it. And, yeah, and I know, don't. I don't feel like a... he like uh, he was being held back. But I felt like you know he came back um, just kind of taking his time in that game. You know, kind of getting his feet back in it. And yeah, I mean, you missed a 16, lot of time. Sixteen thirty-eight had um, thirty-two seconds on the power play. Actually, um, I thought he played really well. Uh, showed the body, punished um, – I can't remember who it was. He absolutely decked someone in the corner. <laughs> and I just think Joel Edmondson's a guy that I think for a long time we really noticed. Even though he wasn't there and we didn't notice that he was gone, we noticed that his presence wasn't there, yeah. especially with Jeff Petrie. They formed such a great duo last season. Um, and they're reunited now, so that's good to see. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's going to make Petrie happy. And we spoke to and alluded to a little while ago about his leadership ability. Um, I think Joel Edmondson, and I think this is a growing sentiment on Habs Twitter, could potentially be kind of a stop. What do you want to call it? A, a stop, what's stopgap, a, a junction kind of captain mm-hmm. for a few years while Suzuki matures. Um, I think that's definitely a possibility. And it seems to me in the way everyone was talking about his return, all the guys fucking love him. They speak about how he's a great leader, speak about how he's imposing on the ice, how he's difficult to play against. So I would love to see 
uh, Joel Edmondson in a captaincy position. I don't think it's something we considered much before. I think it could be a very good idea. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's just really good to see that he's back on the ice. Um, this season is about, you know, seeing what we have for next year, not, not right. really seeing what we can do this year. And when it looks like Ben Sherratt, who has nine points in his last 10 games, is going to be dealt most likely Petrie could be dealt. It's good that we have Edmondson back to kind of have at least somebody solid, some veterancy, some mm-hmm. leadership ability on the blue line, because it is important that, you know, we do want to dismantle this team, but we don't want to become an Arizona or a Buffalo Sabres where losing and a bad state of mind become the norm because there's a vacuum in leadership. Right. And Honestly, I don't care as far as like what the fans think. If the players would could rally behind him, that's what is the most important about him getting uh, a letter. You know, um, if if the team has the leadership and they're looking to him for it, um, then that's all I need. You know, I don't care if, if it's a player I don't even fucking like. You know, if if the team's just following this guy or looking to him for leadership, that's fucking all that really matters. I don't care about like, uh, like my personal like uh, afflictions against a player, which is not Joel Edmondson at all. But um, fuck if they're if they're gonna rally with him, dude, I don't see why it's a it's a bad thing. And then you know, like you said, we never really looked at Joel Edmondson as being like a captaincy you know like a placeholder-esque type of player but you start to see a lot of these veteran names that are about to get moved you know he's he's one of the few that these talks haven't been you know around about and just his you know style of play it's kind of Shea Weber-esque and you know we found a captain in him you know not going to call him Shea Weber but as far as his performance we know what to expect when Joel Edmondson gets on the ice it's going to be you know, a hard hitting um, blue line type of game. And uh, I guess to go back to what I was trying to fumble fuck into how his play was, I feel like he just like went out there with a checklist, you know, and just did like, you know, did a couple things out there and he looked great, you know, like, you know, he checked off uh, fucking destroying somebody, you know, playing some really good off, off the blue line type of shit, you know, a couple good passes. Um, you know, it's like a DOT checklist before you get in the truck, you know, just making sure you're all there again. And I think that's what he did his first game. And I'm excited to see him play again. Fuck. Oh, our next game is Arizona. I hope he plays in that game. Yeah. I'd love to see him get, uh, I mean, I expect him to have an A. If he gets the captaincy, I'm not upset with it at all. I think he, does he wear it? I can't remember if he wears it. I think he got it at some point last season. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm not it, sure. it feels even, like it's been forever. I think so. a big, maybe kind of understated factor too in talking about leadership with this team. I think sometimes leadership uh, capabilities can be over-exaggerated, when, especially when you talk about championship caliber, caliber teams. Mm-hmm. I think Toronto is an example of a team that they do need leadership. And but I do think they've overvalued it a little bit, at least their fans do, but they definitely like, that's a vacuum. You have young guys, a team like 
Pittsburgh doesn't need to add more leaders, right? But Montreal right. is a young team, and I think it's important that they have those character guys, those guys who can provide a veteran voice, provide some leadership. I think a kind of underrated aspect of Montreal doing well might be the return of Paul Byron. I know Joel Edmondson's returned around the team too. That's obviously helped. But Paul Byron, who – listen, Paul Byron doesn't wear the A for what he does on the ice statistically. Mm-hmm. Byron – had some great seasons for us, a multi, I think two to three time, 20 goal scorer, two time goal scorer was on pace for a third before his injury. And then, you know, had some injury shortened seasons, but he's a leader on that team because of what he provides his voice. You know, the players really respect him. And I think, you know, maybe what's the word, uh, Maybe we haven't valued what that leadership can bring to a young core. I mean, we, you know, coaching, I don't think often gets described as leadership, but that could be part of it too. Maybe Marty's Mm -hmm. just a better leader than Dom, right? And these young guys, they need that voice. That guy, someone who's not going to shit on them, is going to support them, get them through this. So I think it's huge that Joel Edmondson continues to play for the Habs the rest of the season. And if one of those older guys gets the captaincy, you know, I've warmed up a lot to it now because it just makes me think, look, Suzuki's playing so well right now. He doesn't need any more pressure. Mm-hmm. Being the captain of the Blue Blanc et Rouge, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. So Comes with a mighty bag. Um, yes. Before we speaking get... about a mighty bag, <laughs> there we go, perfect. you know, if you, <laughs> you know, fancy yourself a gambling man or woman and you want to acquire a mighty bag, we have something for you and a word from our sponsors at DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big fucking wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Guys, remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Hopefully, if you guys do use uh, Draft DraftKings, like we've been telling you guys for two, three seasons now, hopefully put some money on, um, on the Sabres in that collapse game with Toronto, unless I'm just fucking kicking myself uh, in the teeth again and Toronto pulled it around, but... Toronto's been so bad that Buffalo was the was the team to probably uh to 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 pick to get some uh some easy money. But uh yeah, man, fuck Toronto. For real, fuck Toronto. And you know, you were talking earlier about Austin Matthews. You want to get into that? Yeah, he fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, man. So, you know, I get on Twitter. Like I do, it's like the Sunday morning newspaper for me. 
Um, and I just scroll around at numerous points of the day. And yeah, Buffalo win five to two on Toronto. Suck it, nerds. Um, you know, chippy fucking game. You got a team like Buffalo who's trying to prove something. You got a team like Toronto who's trying to prove that they're not fucking trash. Um, this is the outdoor. The, this was the outdoor. Yeah, the outdoor right, games yeah. uh, with those horrible fucking jerseys. I, I'm not gonna lie. When I saw them outside, I thought they looked a little bit better. Okay, I'll be honest. Sometimes the jersey needs the full kit to look good. Uh, but I heard it was a really good snowy game. So good, you know, good for the heritage game for out it to have the, a little snow. Out in the hammer. I couldn't tell you what the fuck that is. That's Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton. Oh, oh okay. Ontario. okay. Hamilton. The fucking uh, oh, armpit of Ontario. Jesus Christ. Hamilton. Isn't that where uh Ben Schrott's from? Yeah. Uh, what what what's their what's their um I don't know before you get to the NHL team called uh, Hamilton Bulldogs yeah that's where uh, fucking the Suzu- uh not Suzuki's geez, the Sioux bands played right uh, Ryan Suzuki played there did he really yeah he did awesome uh, Jan Jan Mishak plays there too oh sick oh also um I don't have any update on Mishak but um you know I had sent you something more. A couple of days ago, he took like a bad head hit or some shit. Um, so if he's not, I haven't seen any update, but obviously, you know, hoping for a speedy recovery if if there's one needed or he's just healthy in general. But uh, yeah, Austin Matthews, man, um, gets laid the fuck out. Now, granted, I haven't seen um, an, another gif of it other than um, Cousins laying from what I see. It's a pretty, pretty nice fucking hit uh, on Austin Matthews. If he doesn't have the puck or he wasn't immediately just had the puck, uh, yeah, I get it. He's just fucking running him to run him. Um, so, yeah, he'll probably get suspended and fined for that. But uh, later, fucking Austin Matthews and a little bit of a, a little bit of a pitter-patter type of fucking, you know, sissy, sissy fight. With um Rasmus Deline. Um fucking even the goalie kind of pushes back a little bit. But vicious fucking like jawbreaker <laughs> fucking cross check. Um and Austin Matthews is, is not gonna hear a fucking word. Absolutely um, not. And you had posted that that beautiful fucking meme of uh Mel Gibson talking to his whoever the fuck played Christ. And his uh, his film weighs all bloodied up, and it was Austin Matthews talking to Brendan Gallagher about you know uh, their per- perceivance on what the refs uh, call should be, and I mean it fits the bill. Austin Matthews and players like that. Uh, I'm gonna say Sidney Crosby gets a little bit, but Sidney Crosby also uh, has multiple fucking concussions from getting run, and Austin Matthews is just missing like twelve teeth. By his well, own the, demise, the Leafs have the Leafs have taken and during the past second seasons the second fewest penalties in the NHL. Hmm. <laughs> nice, and they're right. I guess they're right below uh, Pittsburgh because I heard that uh, on Spit and Chicklets the other day that Pittsburgh's like the the, the lowest penalized team. Um, um, but maybe it makes this year, but the last the last yeah, five not... years they're one of. Mm-hmm. Um. 
It's actually an interesting graph, though. Leafs also draw the second fewest in the NHL. And it's really interesting correlation because Blue Jackets are bottom and taken and drawn. Islanders are third last and taken and drawn. And you kind of look, and most of the teams are very similar (laughs) to (laughs) where they are and taken and where they are and drawn. And it almost looks like, call me crazy, but the NHL works towards equalizing penalties in the game. It's weird how that evens out, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, funny though, there's only, there's only like it's seriously the data is kind of scary. Like you can tell that the NHL is clear, clearly doing something here, right? Like the Avalanche and the Lightning take and draw the most penalties in the league. Um, there's only a few outliers. The Ducks take the sixth most in the league and only draw the um, they actually draw the fourth least, so they get fucked. But another outlier, because I'm not crazy, the Montreal Canadiens take the 10th most penalties in the NHL and they draw uh, near the bottom, Hmm. near the very bottom. So conspiracy confirmed, I guess, the Montreal Canadiens are absolutely in a grand conspiracy by Gary Bettman. But no, it's, it's interesting to see that you know, we're talking about the Leafs. The Leafs do, like, it's funny. The Leafs fans complain about these penalties. They they take the fewest, second fewest in the league, and they, like, I don't know what the fuck they want. Complaining it's just a about crumbling fucking house over there. So, you know, they get, they get put on such a pedestal that they're expected to win. They get the ratings. They get everything they ever wanted except for a Stanley Cup um, or even a fucking ticket outside of the first round. <laughs> you know, so what, what do you expect? You have a kid that you promised was going to go to the, to the best Ivy League school and he's going to get everything he ever wanted and he was going to get a car and he was going to get uh, a man or a woman on his arm. You know, like he's going to get everything he's ever wanted except for the one thing he wants is to win a fucking Stanley Cup and they just can't fucking get it, get it going and, you know. We're watching, we're watching the fucking the bridge collapse. Well, for did this you see Matthew? Mega team. No. Matthew said he felt as if his stick rode up Dolly's shoulder a little bit. Dude. He, <laughs> <laughs> it looked like uh it looked like you're playing like an old like let's go to Nazi zombies, right? So it looks like it reminded me of like Nazi zombies, like you can see a barrel. But if you go to walk around that barrel, you're going to get stuck by like three feet of, you know, of a barrier around the barrel. And it felt as if when he was choosing to put his cross check into the man's fucking jaw neck region that it just, you know, hit a barrier and rode this invisible barrier up and around the shoulder and went straight to the, you know, the fucking neat of the neck. <laughs> like there's no, there's no riding. It, it literally, he just literally lifted above the shoulders and just hit him like he was fucking riding a big old chopper. 
like a fucking motorcycle. Hit him up there like that. Like it's fucking bull- it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, no, that was. I don't even think he hit a shoulder. <laughs> like, I will be shocked if the NHL finds him, and I really think it's ridiculous that the league says they don't they want to get rid of head contact. They should fucking suspend him a game. Nothing more. But they won't do anything. And you can't, you can't, you can't hurt the child. Uh, no, but... and, and Rasmus Dahlin's six three. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's no riding the shoulder of that kid. Like he, <laughs> he basically had to like he fucking, fucking monkey like bar him, bench like... pressing on his neck. <laughs> like there's there's no excusing that. But uh. You know, it is getting late, and you've got to fucking edit this shit, so... Yeah, I'm sure. trying to look up uh, the height of Austin Matthews, just... I think he's 6'4". Okay, so two six three guys. All right, I expected this guy to be a little smaller. Um, but still in all, dude, it looked like he was going to get on, like, uh, like the monkey bars. I don't, I don't know if there's, like, a, a, a better term for that, but it looked like he was about to just... You know, like his his fucking hands were so fucking high for a cross check. Like there, there's no body when you're thinking about it like that. But yeah, no, I have to edit and then I have to go to work super early. Um, so I don't have anything else to say. The Leafs fucking suck. They suck in prime time. They suck when they get new jerseys. Um, and I'm surprised it wasn't a jersey toss. Um, because I'm sure a Leafs fan could have found found a way through the crowd and the whatever fuck barrier between the ice was for them to just throw something out there but um that was unfortunate for the rest of the league not to see that but i'm done <laughs> all right well thank you guys for today i really appreciate all the support uh we're gonna be coming in with some guests more guests soon so that's exciting stay tuned for that and again, thank you and we'll have a great day. you're listening to the hockey podcast network New shows every day. Find us at the hockey podcast network.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.